Well, we're starting a new series. Uh, it's called Kingsway Values, and today could not be more appropriate. I'm just going to let you know. Today could not be more appropriate. But I got to get out of the way. I just want you to know I'm not wearing green, um, and, but I do have a potholder from the kitchen, okay? <laughs> so someone helped me out, all right? I'm not going to claim that I had that smarts, all right? So no more pinching. I've already been pinched enough. All right, we'll get over it. Sound good? I'm going to put that right back where it belongs. This is safe now. So uh, we're going to be traveling here a little bit of a distance over the next five weeks. I have to tell you, this series has been in the making for almost two years. Um, this is a series behind the scenes that uh, the leadership of our church, uh, elders and staff, uh, including uh, the, the person that shall not be named, uh, Kevin Bryant, <coughs> that is no longer here, uh, was a huge part of. And I just want you to know that the future of Kingsway and everything that is here um, and that you're a part of is being shaped by what we're going to talk about over the f- next five weeks. So... If you're finding yourself going, man, there's just something about this church that I really like. If you're, there's something about this, you're like, I want to know what we're, where we're going or what we're doing. I want to know why we make the decisions that we do. Uh, this is the series for you. This is the series that I hope uh, by the end of it, you'll, you'll get to know all six of our values. I know that's only five weeks. That means we're going to have to double up a week. That's okay. We'll do it. All right? We have this thing called winter storms that cause some issues in our timing, but that's all right. Uh, we, we are going to get through six values over the next five weeks, and by the end, you'll have a picture uh, of why we do what we do, the choices that we're making behind the scenes, what is the things that God is leading us to in the future. So that being said, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask God to just uh, bring clarity, um, open your hearts and your minds to understand exactly why we're, we're emphasizing this and taking time uh, to pause and to bring reflection and clarity to this stuff. And I want you uh, to start to ask God, what is my role in this, because if we're still on that statement, one act of sacrifice can change the world, uh, there might be a way that these, these uh, values are going to impact your life. And it may take some sacrifice from you. And it may take some focus from you. Um, but I believe that's what God is calling our church to. So let's pray. Let's ask God to do that. Bring clarity. Bring, bring some motivation, some passion into what we're going to be doing. Let's do that together. Dear Heavenly Father, God, you are. You are the one that sits on the throne. You are the one that leads us. You are the one that sees all, knows all, has the power to command uh, the stars, the moon, and the sun. And Lord, we give you homage. We give you praise. And we recognize that we are your servants, that we are your beautiful creation, your, your children, but we do not see all that you see. But God, in these moments when we try to bring clarity for victory, when we try to bring clarity for, for drive and for dreams and to try to bring your kingdom to be seen in a greater way, to be known in a greater way, to full life to be captured. May this be something that you are in, that we would be united under your Son with an identity that is driven from the cross and the grace and the love that is reflected there. May we be the reflections that we were created to be in the garden of who you are. Lord, it is your name that we pray. Amen. Okay. So where to start when you're starting something like this? Believe me, I've been asking where to do that. Let's just start with the beginning, all right? So this is something that maybe you've seen or heard. This is our vision or mission statement, all right? I'm just going to use this real quick. I know some of this is going to be a little bit of review. That's okay. Maybe it's not for you, but this is our mission gospel mission statement that we say a lot here. It comes from John 10.10. It's inviting everyone to pursue full life in Jesus. That's, if, if we had to boil it down to a census, not a coffee shop, and you're like, what is Kingsway all about? I'd be like, it's that, right? It is that. And then we have these four things that we define what full life is. Okay, this is what full life is here at Kingsway. We say it's grow, uh, it's connect, it's serve, 
and then it's absolutely multiply, okay? So then we have these little cool things because a word is kind of boring sometimes. It doesn't really tell you, like, grow, cool. So I ate a lot. Does that count? Like, no, no. <laughs> Growing people change, all right? You make tough decisions. You make sacrifices. You make choices intentionally, all right? And, and we have a word for things that don't grow, and it's called dead, all right? So we grow, and then connect. We used to just say this, life is better connected. I've never met somebody that won the lottery and just goes, you know what I want to do? Tell no one. All right? And the gospel is the greatest news on the face of the planet. Just imagine getting the thing you've always wanted and having no one to share it with. All right? That is the simplest way to say that the gospel, we are created to connect. We are created to connect. And life is better connected. Serve. We are blessed to bless. When blessings stay in our lives and are all about us, our worldview shrinks. Everything becomes about us. We are narcissistic. narcissistic. Wow. And then we, are, we become a bog rather than a pipeline of the things that will outlive us. You realize your money, your resources, they are going to outlive you. So why do we try to hold on to them as long as we can? When we can become a pipeline, we are blessed to bless. And then we say multiply, because if you got the best news, you don't not hold on to it. You tell it. You share it. You, you, you want to tell people about it, all right? I love Fortnite. I know some parents in here just don't get mad at me, all right? But here's the thing. I love it, and I will tell you, it's an amazing game. And if I will do that for Fortnite, there's no reason why I shouldn't do it, all right? For the gospel and for you Chiefs fans, you Cardinal fans who are just about to come out the woodwork, all right? For all of you KC Royal fans that are hanging on to the glory of a few years ago, you will declare, all right? You will declare that there is hope, all right? And I promise you, this is something that naturally flows when you are overflowing a full life. You naturally want to offer it to the people that are hurting around you. So that's the gospel thing. Now, here's the, here's the thing. If I could use this as an illustration, this it, let's just break it down. This is being human, all right? At the human level, this is what the gospel, the kingdom of God is all about. But you and I know this. We have human value. We have human value that is intrinsic, but each of us are unique and gifted, uniquely positioned, you access to economy situations that we have, and okay, money, all right? Unique in the time that we have. Some of you have more time than others. Some of you are old, some of you are young. Some of you we can barely see when you get baptized, right? Some of you, you've been, you've been walking with Christ for 40 years. Some of you, it's been just a few years or maybe days. And so as we are looking at Kingsway as a church, underneath this definition, but more specific and defined, more specific and defined. Because if you know this, if you're trying to hit something with a deep impact, like a sniper rifle, and it's a long ways away, you do not use a broad shotgun approach. You have to get specific. How many of you guys have a list to do before uh, summer gets here? Uh, I went into my garage yesterday because it got warm enough. I don't know if you guys have been into that sacred, terrible, I don't know if some of you are organized or not. It was like if all the leaves of the trees just got together and they were like, hey, look, let's get in this garage. Like, I'm not even kidding you. Like, I opened the door, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Luckily, my mother-in-law was there to tell me about it. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. But I mean, there's just piles of leaves. 
and a list of things that I had to get done before summer gets here. And I don't know if you guys have got a list, but I'll tell you this right now. It's overwhelming how many things I think I need to get done. New barbecue. I need to grout out. I know my wife has a list that's even longer than that, and I don't want to ask her about it. And, and I'm thinking about all this, and I know this. If I woke up in a day and I tried to get it all done at once, right? I tried to get it all done at once, and I just started every project at the same time, and I just tried to get everything done at the same time, and then I realized it was freezing cold because it's Missouri, so it's going to be 12 degrees again soon, right? I know, I won't put that on. It's going to be 75 and sunny for the rest of the year, all right? Beautiful. I don't put that on. So for us, all I'm trying to get to in a roundabout way is this. This mission is large, all-encompassing worldwide, massive. It is powerful. It is something we are under and it is absolutely something that we are still pursuing and will never not pursue. But as the elders have worked for the last two years with the staff to pull our vision in and to say, what and who are we? Really. Tighten this list and say, no. What are the resources we've been given? What are the things that define? What are the things that the convictions of the Holy Spirit has spoken to us that we need to hold on to? Underneath this gospel mission, but absolutely clarifying to more who we are. Who are we as Kingsway? And that's where the values come in. Because the values give you even a more accurate than broad picture. So here's two thoughts that I want you to think about with values. Just two helpful thoughts when it comes to the importance of values. One is this. Our identity as a church will be what we choose to value. I should have put it in there, but I won't. Either we'll do this intentionally or it'll happen unintentionally. But it will happen. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been a part of a church that has just pursued an unsaid, unspoken value of comfort. Whatever is comfortable, whatever is least, least matter of resistance, that will be what we pursue. That will be our value. And it becomes that, and their church is that. So here's the next one. And our values determine, correct, and define our direction. What we choose to value will be the future we live in. What we choose to value will determine where we're going. It will choose, what we choose to value will tell us when to say no, and it'll also tell us and, and call us to say yes. And this is an important thing because I'll tell you, the, the mission come a lot of opportunities, and it will be sometimes difficult. Is it harder as an adult to say yes or no? Depends on what you're asking, isn't it? Some of you are like, oh, it's easy to say yes. Oh, yeah. Others are like, no, I don't want to say yes to anything. I'm busy enough. <laughs> this becomes the way that we have to say, hey, we got to run it through the filter of our values to determine and define and correct our direction. You want to know where Kingsway is going in the next five years? Pay attention to these values. Pay attention to these values. So have I whet your appetite enough yet? You ready for one? We're just going to talk about one today. I knew if I gave them all six to you, you wouldn't come back. You'd be like, oh, cool, that's it, I'm done. Here's the first one that I want to talk about. And these are not in order of importance. These are just in order. 
Here's the first value that we're going to talk about today. Remember those hopeful things. We invest our time, abilities, resources in the next generation. The next generation are not only the future, but current leaders and influencers whose impact will be bigger than our own. Take take a moment to just soak that in. I know I read it, but soak that in. We invest. Future and current. These are the three things I want to point that out. I'm going to point this out in just a second, but this statement right now is very apparent. Uh, You see Jesse up here just a few minutes ago. Hey, Jesse. What's up, buddy? Jesse did our intro today. Jesse, are you even out of high school yet? No. No, you're not. Is this terrifying up here? Kind of. Kind of, right? It's a little bit. Did we play Fortnite last night? Absolute. All right. I love you. Fortnite bro. This is something that doesn't just flow from words. This flows in our young adult ministry. This flows in our connect ministry that's going on right now. This flows in our weekend retreats with our high schoolers. This flows with our Tuesday night Bible study with women that are meeting in this room right over here that are in multi-generations. This flows through almost every area of mentorship, financial peace, any kind of parenting advice that's happening, unseen, talked about. Uh, this, this is marital advice. This is people learning how to be celibate and happy, recognizing that full life is available to you without marriage, understanding that, walking with that. This is so powerful. So I just want to pull three quick things out of this. I hope this has soaked it up. Soaked it up. This is on kingswaymo.info right now. If you go to sermon notes, you can find this. It's on the handout over there. We invest. It's the first one. All right? Just pulling this stuff out. We invest. Investment takes sacrifice. Every single time. It may not, you may not feel it a ton, but you're giving. You may not recognize how much it costs, but you'll still have to give. Has anyone in here been around a two-year-old lately? Anybody? Just give me a hand so I know you're listening. You're like, just give me a hand. All right? Perfect. All right? Two-year-olds are probably the most fun, amazing, crazy, exhausting, breaking of things people I've ever met. And yet, you, you, will, you will naturally just give when a two-year-old asks you for something. You will want to give. It could be at a restaurant, and they want your fork. And you're like, you know what? I don't need it. Or if you're a smart parent, you're like, this is sharp. No. I want to give it to you, but I can't. There is a cost every single time. We make sacrifices. You may not know this. You may not know the story at all, but when I came here as the youth pastor over 10 years ago, we were meeting in the building right across the way over in the daycare, the large room. There was 10 of us on a, on a great night, and we used to have a saying that said, do it for the one that showed up, because sometimes there was just one. And we were in that room for a number of years, and after a couple years, I, I looked at Grant, who was the senior pastor, and this is why I say this is the DNA of Kingsway that has been in pro- produce, or pro- produce, 
process for a long time to produce <laughs> some of these results. Here we go. I can get us together. And he said, hey, this is what we're going to do. We are going to give you as much space as you need to invest in the kids and these students. So they gave us this room. <laughs> and I remember we walked from that room to this room as like 15 of us. And we're standing in here going, oh my gosh, it's quiet as crickets in here. <laughs> it's crazy. But you know what? The carpet was old. And it didn't matter if we stained it. We moved these chairs every single week and put them to the side and then had the whole room to play basketball and do games. You look up and look at the tiles above you of all the times that maybe a ball has hit them. Maybe, all right? There's even uh, a little uh, blurb of a nasty ball up there that's going to fall on somebody someday. So I don't, I don't know when that's going to fall, all right? So don't you see it, you won't be able to stop looking at it. I know. When's that going to fall? It's a game, all right? Last week and the weeks before, we have in our Connect Plus, which is fourth and fifth graders, between 8 and 15. Again, uh, in our middle school ministry that meets in here, um, primarily, um, they're between 25 and 40. Uh, our high school group that meets over here uh, is between 15 and 30. Um, we use every classroom available. At one point, we were actually meeting, there's a small group meeting in the nursery, sitting on the floor. It's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. You guys, as a church, there are ways and things that we are going to be called to do that it's going to be an investment. But it's a value. It's what we do. We choose to make the investment. Future and current leaders. Uh, if you haven't noticed, we have very young people in the band at time to time, and then we have some people that are a little, uh, what I will call seasoned as wise. Okay? Seasoned and wise. Um, one of the greatest things about the team that is up here leading you in worship is how generationally they are different, but they are so united as a team. Current and future leaders that have been grown, coached, helped, poured into, invested in, and they are, they are the ones now leading you to the throne room, helping you learn, not only on Sunday mornings, but to the students on Wednesday nights. They are not just the future possible leaders, they are your current leaders. We have high school students that are fully capable, that we're teaching even at the manor this morning, There are people behind the scenes that are mentoring, not only just young people, but marriages, single people. There are people that are in economic hurts that are being reached by people that are helpful and, and have good information that are pouring into, recognizing. I'm telling you, future and current leaders, and this is the kicker, that will have an impact bigger than our own. I still remember my dad sitting me down about four years ago, and he started to, you know, he started to recognize that maybe I was going to actually be able to do this preaching thing a little bit, because he's been preaching for a little bit, and you know, and it's, I don't know if you have had this moment with your father or with a parent or guardian, where they kind of like pass the torch of like, you did it, you've arrived, 
And like, I don't know if you were like me, but I was kind of like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not it. No, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't try to act like I've arrived. That's the moment I drop it, right? Just boom, boom, make Barty far off. Of the, of the. But I mean, the moment that that conversation would happen, this was what he said to me. Is he said, look, I, I see the limitations that my background, my dad and my mom were limited in their ability to show me and teach me young, and I have made up the gap, and the Holy Spirit has done his work, but I promise you, I see what God has done in you from a very young age, and I recognize that there is a greater impact in you, and that my greatest impact may be pouring into you. The best thing that I ever did in my life may have just been being your dad. And of course, at that moment, I'm like, boom, you're crying. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but in my mind, I wonder how well that translates to you. Could it be possible that the impact that we could have as a church and as an individual would be who we pour into? And that the impact that that could have would be greater than anything we would choose to do or could do in our lifetime. We see that as a value. Now, having taught all you that, all, I want to point out a couple verses. I want to say a quote because this is so cool. This, in chapter 15 of John, in chapter 14, I'm sorry, of John, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And John has a very unique perspective in his gospel because John's gospel is last. And so he's not trying to hit everything in kind of real detail, like, you know, hey, let's just talk through this you know, chronologically. Let's get all the details out. He is hitting the high notes that he thought was most important. And he's hitting it from a perspective of like looking back on things. And I love that about John. In John chapter 14, he's talking about this time where Jesus basically just told all his disciples, hey, at the end, I'm going to die flat to, you know, flat to his face, who Peter's like the most passionate, like, I will gung-ho cut someone's ear off for you, all right? And he's like, no, you're going to deny me three times. And I think that was sobering to everybody. I think that was sobering to all of them, because they're like, well, if Peter's, what help do I? And so Jesus is trying to encourage them, build them up, and if you can imagine, Jesus only had three years with these guys, and then he's going to leave them, and they're going to do all the things that now we live in the inheritance of, by the way. And this is what he says. Looking at his disciples, who are a little discouraged. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Believe me, this is true. I am who I am saying I am. God and I, on a mission, and at least believe on the evidence of the work themselves. That, that just cracks me up, because I'm wondering if he's looking out at Thomas in that moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's got one of his disciples, he's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Look, we just did some miracles. Isn't that pretty impressive? All right? And then he goes on, he says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do works I have been doing. Now, what's crazy about that is he's talking about the evidence of what's been going on. And they will do even greater things than these. I'm just wondering what that would sound like. I mean, I feel like that's like Michael Jordan sitting me down and being like, look, you may not see it now. And I'm like, uh-huh. 
you're going to do greater things than I did. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you got to be kidding. <laughs> nope. You're going to do it. And he gives you the reason. Because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. I'll just to define that real quick, because some of you are like, oh, genie in the bottle, here we go. Right? That's not what that's talking about. He's talking about the will of the kingdom, the will of the Father. The will of the Father. Now, of course, this is a calling to the Holy Spirit. This is calling the presence of God. It's not something that is distant and far off, but that the penalty that Christ will pay will come in and that it will do a work in them and that they will have access to the very thing that Jesus was using. God himself. Powerful. Saying, yeah, you're going to have the same access and you'll have longer periods of time than I did to do the will of the Father, so you will do greater things through him. So, so cool. Let me ask you this. For those of you a little later with wisdom in spurs and maybe a little bit more life under your belt, have you ever had a conversation like this with somebody a little younger than you? Have you ever had a chance to reach back and say, look, look, I made some mistakes. I did some things that I wouldn't be proud of. Obviously, Jesus didn't have regrets. But I'm talking the style of relationship that he's looking at his disciples and he's telling them this. You can do some things. You could do some things that are greater than anything I've been able to do. The talent that I see in you, the abilities that I see in you, the faith that I see in you, oh, God's going to use that in an incredible way. I can see it. Because I don't think the disciples saw it at that point. But I think it's crazy that John's the last one alive, probably writing his gospel before he dies. And he's thinking about how the news has spread all the way to Rome. And it's gone further than anything that Jesus ever had. The crowds are no longer just Jewish. They're multi-ethnic, larger, I wonder what the picture of the future looks like when we choose to invest in current and future leaders, believing that their impact would be larger, much like Jesus did. I have this quote for parents in here and for people that are pouring into teenagers, and this is where primarily I see this right now, but there's so many aspects to what this looks like to be about the next generation. This is not just about teenagers and students, you guys. This is about recognizing people outside of, of high school, early college age, newly married, people that are newly employed, working on a new career, people that are absolutely in, in hurt and in shambles later in life or going through something rough or a tragedy. Look at this quote. I haven't actually read this book. I just stumbled upon it, and I loved the title. Look at the title. The Grown-Up's Guide to Teenage Humans. That is the most creative, amazing title ever. I was like, I need this book. But look at this quote. I don't think it's just true for children. Uh, I think it's true for anybody. 
the most common factor for people who develop resilience is at least one stable, committed relationship with a supportive parent, caregiver, or other adult. You, know what, you want to know what creates persistence? You want to know what creates abundant life and faith? It's someone else taking the time to invest. It's someone else taking the time to see someone and call something out of them they don't even see themselves yet. And to believe that their impact humbly could be greater than your own. Could be greater than your own. Last thing I want to read for you, and then I have a statement to kind of tie this all up, is out of Philippians. It's Paul's version of, of this thought. I think he's at the end of his life in Philippians. He's talking to a church that's beat down and in trouble and hurting, and sometimes I feel like Facebook, that's all the life is going on. If I look at social media, that everybody's just kind of faking it till they make it, and they haven't made it yet, so it's just rough. And Philippians is absolutely the book of the Bible that speaks to me the most, and Paul's at the end, and he's trying to encourage, and he's trying to just say, and I'll just tell you this, if there was one verse that I could tie to this value, if there's one thing that I could tie to this value of what it looks like, is for you to be able to say these words to, in someone else's life. It's for all of us as a church, it's for us to value this enough to seek growth and to connect and to serve and to multiply and to have that the center of our lives so that when we look at someone else, we, just be, we would just be able to say this. We'd be able to say this, finally, look, fill in the name, whoever, finally, the next generation, finally, the person you're speaking to, Whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is, oh, I messed that up. Whatever is noble, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is anything. Think about such things. Calling the next generation to do this. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. If we would value the next generation, we would be able to say this together. Whether it's at a coffee shop or it's around the dinner table, whether it's through a text message or, or Facebook, or whether it's FaceTime, or whether it's face-to-face, -face, I hope you and I will learn the value of investing in the next generation and that it will be the determining direction that we are going and we'll do it intentionally. Because one of the values here at Kingsway is this. We invest in the next generation. We invest in the next generation whose impact will be bigger than our own. We invest in the next generation whose impact will be bigger than our own. people we read in the New Testament did this very thing. Anytime you open to people, they would never know their names, never know the full impact, never even know their country existed, but yet they would reach back and offer what they had. We will be a church pursuing full life, gospel mission-oriented, but defined by the value 
of investing in the next generation. Pray with me.